Welcome back to Plenary Session. This is the Polo Trial Revisited. It's back, it's out in the JCO, and a couple people I know and trust have written to me and they say, VP, you gotta take a look at this manuscript. This manuscript needs a thorough review on Plenary Session. Now, of course, Plenary Session was the podcast that broke the Polo Trial. Now, I don't mean we broke the news. Of course, the news was broken by the press release and the, and, and, and the, corporate, the corporate types. We were the ones that broke the trial, i.e. we broke it. We pointed out the substantive pitfalls of the study that pretty much invalidates the conclusions. What's the polo trial? Polo, olaparib, versus sugar pill or placebo, versus placebo in germline mutant pancreas cancer. So we take people with pancreas cancer, they have germline mutations in BRCA, and we randomize them three to two. Of course, that's ever sweet, sweet ratio. We'll talk about that on a future podcast, why I, I, I am critical of these ratios. Three to two, two Olaparib, new costly PARP inhibitor, I think a $12,000 a month medication when I last checked, or sugar pill. Now, how often in pancreas cancer do you take someone and you give them uh, no treatment at all? And the answer is not pretty often because that would be a delinquent and negligent standard of care. The Polotrol actually took people with germline mutant BRCA pancreas cancer. It gave them 16 weeks of therapy with a platinum-containing regimen like Fulfirinox. Then they randomized them 3-2 to two to Olaparib or placebo. In the new manuscript, they say that you just had to stop the platinum. They say you might have been able to continue the other drugs. They kind of hint at that in their methods. They didn't say that in the original publication. They don't mention how many people get to take maintenance. I don't. I, is this a protocol modification? What's going on here? The way I understand Polo is that you stop all therapies and then you go on maintenance, either placebo or Olaparib. And that is delinquent and negligent standard of care. Because if you have somebody who has stable disease, PR, or better, two platinum-based doublets, and they've gotten 16 weeks of it, what do you need to do? Give them more of it. Give them two more months of a platinum-based doublet, and then continue the 5-FU indefinitely, forever. And some people would argue if they're tolerating it well, and they have no neuropathy in sight, and they're young and healthy and fit, as these germline BRCA pancreas cancer patients often are, continue all of it. Just keep giving all of it. Now, when we broke the original Polo trial, I pointed out that the response rate in the control arm on sugar pill is... A whopping 9% in change, nearly 10%, nearly 10% response rate. And sugar pill, it don't shrink pancreas cancer. So the only reason it could be 12%, 10% is if patients continue to respond to chemotherapy that they are not allowed to get on this unethical trial, on this unethical protocol. Now, why didn't an IRB stop this study? I don't know. Why didn't people point out that this is obviously the stupidest design I've ever seen? I don't know. But it's what happened. Now, it gets even worse, of course, because polo doesn't use overall survival as a primary endpoint. Yeah, why would you use overall survival in a disease that's highly lethal and overall survival is occurring all the time? No, 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 they use progression-free survival, a meaningless endpoint in pancreas cancer. And to my knowledge, prior to this approval, no one had ever approved a drug in pancreas cancer based on progression-free survival. It would be like using progression-free survival in extended stage small cell cancer. You don't need to use a surrogate endpoint when the hard endpoint, overall survival, is accruing all the time, is happening all the time. It is a highly lethal malignancy. You measure the thing you actually care about. They measured PFS. They had some pittance of a PFS benefit, and at the time of the original publication, they didn't even have an OS benefit. The OS curves were superimposable. It looked terrible. Why would you pay $12,000 a month for a drug that doesn't provide OS when the control arm is beneath the standard of care? If you had just given him more therapy, the control arm may outlive the Olaparib arm. That was the lesson of the Polo trial. And we wrote this up. Go Nishikawa is the first author. I believe I'm the last author. It appears in the journal Cancer. We have written up our concerns about Polo trial. Well, the authors are back with the overall survival analysis. And of course, the overall survival analysis is 
It don't improve survival. It don't improve survival. And they just don't want to say that, of course. They have a medical writer help them on this publication, and they say a lot of things. And this is one of the few times that I really think you got to read the discussion, and you'll understand why I'm critical of many oncology clinical trials. Why am I clinical of me- critical of medical writers? This is, the, this is the reason. Last thoughts on polo. I think ever since plenary session, the first podcast that brought you the pitfalls of polo, I think a lot of people are saying, a lot of people acknowledge that polo is a flawed study. Some people say that, well, Olaparib still has a role in this pancreas cancer, germline mutant, BRCA, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, sure, possibly. But that's not the point of registration studies. You need to prove to me under what circumstances a therapy can provide some efficacy. You've never shown under what circumstances this therapy provides efficacy. You don't have any trial in pancreas cancer, in BRCA mutant or not, that has ever had a fair comparator that shows where Olaparib might help. Right now we're flying blind. And approving a drug in this setting, it probably will actually erode population-wide outcomes because there's a lot of doctors who will hastily discontinue chemotherapy, thinking you're putting them on a, quote, chemotherapy-free. By the way, chemotherapy-free usually means all the toxicity and cost of chemotherapy. Actually, more to- more cost and all the toxicity of chemotherapy it doesn't actually mean that it's toxicity-free, and this ain't. And they're going to halt the chemotherapy that was working better, put them on this drug. The response rate on the placebo arm suggests that they continue to respond. Why is 10% too high? Because I know Tanak and colleagues previously identified the response rate on placebo-controlled arms in phase three studies. This is a few decades ago. It comes in at about two and a half percentage points. That's the measurement error in RESIST 1.1. This is beyond that. It's five times as much. And it's reflective of the fact that they must continue to be responding to the chemotherapy that they are not allowed to get because the trial is unethical unethical. The trial should be, the intervention arm should be six months, four months of platinum-based chemotherapy, and then you take Olaparib, sure. But then the control arm should be, the doctor gets to decide giving them more platinum-based therapy, fulfirinox until progression, or fulfirinox for six months, and then just give the 5-FU. Whatever the doctor wants to do, they're not allowed to do that on this study. They're on taking a placebo, which, by the way, don't drink pancreas cancer. I think that's pretty obvious. All right. The OS is out. There's not a lick of difference. It's a negative study. In a sensible world, this drug would be withdrawn from the U.S. market. It failed to improve the meaningful endpoint of overall survival. You didn't need to use the surrogate. I knew that this was going to happen because in the original publication, with a whole bunch of events occurring, the Kaplan-Meier curves were superimposable. The median was actually reached in both arms. It's not one of these stories of we can't wait for the median, which, by the way, is a bullshit thing people who don't understand statistics say because you can demonstrate an overall survival benefit long before a median is reached. You don't need to wait for the median. In that case, you had the median. Actually, you had the median, and there was not a lick of difference. And here, there's not a lick of difference. It's non-significant. It's a negative study. If I were to write the discussion, I would say the updated overall survival analysis of the POLO trial is sobering. It reflects that exuberance for PARP inhibitors, while it may still have a role in this disease setting, is not justified by the POLO trial. We cannot routinely recommend the use of maintenance therapy. Furthermore, Since the trial has been published, many thoughtful critics raised concerns that our control arm was beneath the U.S. standard of care. We worry about that too. The response rate was too high. These patients might benefit from continued chemotherapy administration. Olaparib may be a costly drug that robs people of overall survival, not just neutral, but in fact harmful and negative. Add the cost, add the toxicity. This is a no-brainer. The U.S. FDA should revoke this product. We apologize for wasting the time of the pancreas cancer patient community 
We understand it's a life-threatening illness and we fucked up because we ran an inappropriate and unethical trial. We apologize unreservedly. We did so to advance our market share, but now, mea culpa, we admit that we screwed up. But that's not what they write, <laughs> okay? That's what an honest trial would have written. This is what they write. Blows me away. Every paragraph is just full of nonsense, okay? Polo is the first randomized phase three study to investigate, oh, by the way, let me just say the title. Overall survival results from the Polo trial, a phase three study of active maintenance olaparib, oh, as opposed to passive maintenance. What the fuck are you saying? Active maintenance? What are you talking about? As opposed to all that passive maintenance, it's active maintenance, power verb. Get, get out of here. Who, who teaches you how to write that active maintenance olaparib versus placebo? <laughs> Obviously an inappropriate, okay, anyway for germline BRCA mutated metastatic pancreas cancer. Active maintenance. There's active surveillance, I know what that is. That's when you just don't leave somebody alone but you keep, you know, testing them. But I didn't know what active maintenance, as opposed to I didn't, and passive maintenance and, you know, eh, we're gonna maintain you on Pemetrexid. This is, but this is a passive maintenance. I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna put notes in the chart, you know, this is active maintenance. This, anyway, stupid, stupid. <laughs> I just noticed that when I was talking. Um, all right, let me read the let me read the discussion. So bad overall survival. I'm looking at the curve right now. Ninety-two people in one arm, sixty-two people in the other arm, and uh, by the time you get to the tails, it's not tails you're looking at; it's fairy tales because you've got at let's just say at 24 months you got 34 and 17 people at risk. At 36 months you've got 15 and seven people at risk, and at 48 months you've got five and four people at risk. There's so few people at risk at the tail; it's not a real tail; it's a fairy tale. If you put any confidence in that estimate of the Kaplan-Meier plot, when you have attrition so much of your population, you, you're not believing in tales; you're believing in fairy tales because it's your imagination. The If you put a 95% confidence interval on the tail of this curve, it's going to be all over the place and they're widely overlapping. Um, and the hazard ratio was 0.83, but the confidence interval goes from 0.56 to 1.22. The p-value is 0.34. Totally, I mean, this is as negative as it comes. It's a negative study. Pitifully negative. No improvement in survival. Even when you go up against sugar pill. Imagine if you went up against chemo, you'd get crushed. I think you'd even lose. And then your drug would actually be a harmful product. Anyway, here's a good discussion. Polo is the first randomized phase three study to investigate active maintenance therapy. Okay, that's because other people weren't so foolish as to actually discontinue therapy. That wasn't a thing in pancreas cancer. So you admitting that you're the first to do it doesn't make you the wisest. The first person who stuck his finger in the electrical socket wasn't exactly a genius. Okay, we're the first to investigate active maintenance therapy in patients with germline BRCA mutant pancreas cancer previously seen first line platinum-based chemotherapy. In this final OS analysis, a higher proportion of olaparib-treated than placebo-treated patients remained alive and in follow-up, 28% versus 17% respectively. That's your first sentence? You're already lying. Your first sentence should be, this, in the final OS analysis, failed to improve overall survival. Confidence interval, spanned one, has p-value 0.34. You're lying in your first sentence. You're already spinning it. You're spinning it. Have some shame, people. I would be embarrassed. This is embarrassing. How did the, and JCO, come on, JCO. Police, the first sentence of the discussion is what's the main take-home point? The main take-home point is higher proportion remained alive and in follow-up. That stinks like it's significant. It's not significant. You're already bullshitting me, your first sentence. Pathetic. Second sentence. 
no statistically significant difference in OS between the two trial arms was demonstrated, although the hazard ratio estimate did move in favor of Olaparib with a slight tightening of the confidence interval between uh, DCO1 and DCO2. Hazard ratio 0.91, the confidence interval got a little bit tighter, uh, but that <laughs> the p-value is 0.68 and, and, and 0.35. What the hell is this? <laughs> this is such embarrassment. Um, oh, there's no, first of all, no statistically significant difference in OS between the treatment arms was demonstrated. That period. That's the point. But then you have to add, although the hazard ratio got a little bit lower and the confidence interval got a little bit tighter, you, you don't get to say that stuff. That's obvious that it's going to get tighter, okay? It's not, this, you're going to have a more precise estimate with more events. That's a little bit obvious, but you're not, you're not better than placebo, okay? And the fact that change between your two looks doesn't tell you, I mean, what am I? Nobody says that. It's useless information. You're just spinning. You already got the spin cycle going. Your first paragraph, it's mostly spin. It's all bullshit. Who wrote this? I, I know who wrote, I can tell who, I have a feeling who can wrote it. I have a feeling who wrote it. And I have a feeling that whoever signed their name on this has no shame. It gets worse. This is just this is the discussion for the, for the history books at how shitty this discussion is. Okay, next paragraph. The Kaplan-Meier OS curve separated approximately 24 months, indicative of a subset of long-term survivors in the Olaparib arm. 37% of Olaparib treatment patients survived for more than two years after random assignment versus 27.4 in the placebo arm. What the fuck are you talking about? They separated 24 months. That's total noise. Look at the curve. They get real close together back at 44 months. They separate a little and they get close. The only reason they're separating and getting close is you have so few people at risk that even a few events in one arm and not the other creates randomness. It's just randomness. Who told you to look at 24 months? You don't get to highlight that time point. By 44 months, it's a wash. And the tails of the curves are all approaching the, the x-axis which is where the tails are going. There's no long-term survivors on Olaparib. What are you talking about? And even if you believe this bullshit sentence, that 33%, that, that by the time you get out to 56 months, it's already halved. It's like, is that below 20%? It's, it's already come down precipitously. People have had death events. This is totally negligent. Negligent editorial work, JCO. Come on. You can edit better than this. They separated approximately 24. Who allowed them to say this? This is post hoc bullshit spin. They don't get to say this. No, no, no. You need to smack this down. A editor, I mean, editors have a moral duty to make sure the manuscript is a faithful representation. It can't just be AstraZeneca's poster. You might as well just put AstraZeneca's poster in your, in your journal if you're going to let them put this bullshit in. Okay, next sentence. Among those who survived more than two years, patients in the Olaparib arm remained on study treatment more than three times longer than patients in the placebo arm. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? That's not, uh, among, among people who survived for 10 years on this study, more of them were taking Olaparib three times to, to placebo. Oh, by the way, it's a three to two randomization. But uh, I mean, I mean what, this, is, this is pointless. This is just distraction. The fault. The fall on the curve may reflect a distinct biological subgroup of patients who have a unique deficiency in homologous recombination, and further research is needed to explore this interesting hypothesis. No, it isn't. You're just bullshitting more. No, no, there's no reason to think there's anything special about your underpowered tail. You're looking at this. You're looking at this like somebody looks at, you know, a lava lamp when they're stoned. You're just imagining things. You're just imagining. You're looking at the clouds, and you're just seeing, oh, look, look, that cloud looks like Jesus' face, and maybe if we 
squint. People further research needs to know if that cloud looked like Jesus when I was looking up at the sky and that lava lamp was telling me a message. What are you doing? This is nonsense. You don't get to do this in a trial, okay? It gets worse. The Kaplan-Meier OS curves cross at approximately 12 months, indicating that the hazard ratio decreases over time, with the reported hazard ratio representing an average over the observed extent of follow-up. The greatest point of separation in the Kaplan-Meier curves is at three years, when nearly twice as many patients... <laughs> Come on, man! What are you doing? If you gave random noise to these people, this writer, they'd say, you know, the hazard ratio is approaching one, but slightly better than one, and if you hold it up to the light and Squint! Get out of here, man. This is so bad. Although comparing studies is challenging, the Polo OS data are comparable to prospective phase two studies of... <laughs> You're not supposed to do that either. <laughs> what are you doing? You're not supposed to do that either. You know, I mean, the editor should strike this down. Although it's challenging. <laughs> Although, although putting the whole trial on spin cycle is challenging, we're going to do it anyway. Okay, it, gets, it keeps going. Our results do not suggest an effect on the duration of prior patinum therapy and olaparib efficacy. Results of the subgroup analysis comparing patients who received less than six and greater than six were comparable. But you don't have any, the OS is not, yeah, it's comparable. Nobody is living longer with olaparib, even the ones who are the most cheated out of chemotherapy. They're not living longer either. It's comparable, yeah, comparably bad. It's not comparably good. Although several possible PARP inhibitor resistance mechanisms have been detected in the laboratory, only BRCA reversions have been, up in the have been observed in the trial setting, blah, blah, blah. Patients in the POLO trial received only first-line platinum therapy, during which their disease did not progress. It's therefore unlikely these patients develop resistance to, okay, it's not interesting to me. Significant differences in favor of the olaparib arm were observed for multiple secondary endpoints, including the significantly longer duration of study treatment and medium time to first or second cancer therapies relative to the placebo arm. More patients in the olaparib arm remained free of subsequent cancer therapy at three years. That's a lie. That's a total lie. You know why? They're taking cancer therapy. They're taking it as you speak. They're taking the therapy. The other arm is not getting any therapy. They're literally taking therapy. So they're not free of therapy. They're poisoned with the chemo drug with a, oh, what do you call it? Um, Non-chemo. It just has a lot of nausea and fatigue and, you know, d induces double-strand DNA breaks, possibly, you know. But it's not a chemo drug. It's just an inhibitor of sweet, sweet inhibitor of PARP, which has something to do with, with DNA. But, but nothing to do. Nothing, nothing that'll hurt you. Too bad. Well, except for all the things we're learning about PARP inhibitors. But other than that, it's not so bad. So you're not delaying time to therapy. They're t literally taking a therapy, and the other arm is not. And they're supposed to be taking a good therapy, which is the chemo, not this stuff that you're giving. Okay, anyway. Do, 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 do. PFS, increasing PFS2 is also clinically meaningful, suggesting preservation of treatment benefits. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, because no, you're actually giving an active drug. Ah, this paragraph. Although OS is considered to be the most compelling endpoint for demonstration of clinical benefit of anti-cancer therapies, it is likely that the polo trial was not adequately powered to detect a statistically significant OS benefit. OS is longer among patients with germline BRCA cancer than overall population patients with pancreas cancer, and when the trial was designed, no information was available on patient survival. Patients with germline BRCA represent only blah, blah, blah. In order to have found a three-month improvement in OS relative to placebo, 18 versus 21 months, it would require 37,000 patients to be screened, assuming a prevalence of 6%. Uh, why your, your new drug is so great that even when you literally stop treatment in the control arm, which you should never do, you still think you can only improve survival by three months? 
what are you do? What are you doing? Don't then you gotta stop. You gotta stop. Abandon your drug. You don't need to do. I'm not asking you to do trial powered for OS because your drug is so bad. I know you 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 think you get at best if we go up against an unethical control arm, it'll be hard for us to show three month benefits. Then make a drug that has a six month benefit or an eight month benefit. Or you know what? Go up against the real treatment, and then you don't even need to do your trial. You're probably inferior. You know, it's a smaller trial to power platinum to beat you, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? All right. PFS is a direct measure of the biological. Oh, this is a real. This is my favorite part. PFS is a direct measure of the biologic effect of a drug on tumor growth. And extended PFS delays the time to starting a subsequent cytotoxic chemotherapy and preserves health-related quality of life. You've never shown an improvement in health-related quality of life. You're lying. This is a lie. And you have to show health-related quality of life improves over the duration of a cancer journey. This is uh, a theoretical that it preserves, but you're not actually proving that to be true. For these reasons, PFS was considered a more practically and clinically relevant endpoint. That's also, I think, probably untrue. It was designed because you knew the FDA would accept it and you could make a lot of money. It's not actually what anyone cares about, patients care about. PFS is generally accepted as a surrogate endpoint for OS and other tumors. No, it's not. It's heavily debated. Where have you been? Are you out, are you out of your mind? It's the most heavily debated thing in oncology. You know, you could you could read a lot of things in that space, especially in diseases that have extended overall survival in which patients receive many lines of treatment. <laughs> this is not one of those. This is a disease where the median survival is occurring in 18 or 21 months. You can measure OS, although there remains an incomplete understanding of how PFS reliably predicts OS in germline BRCA pancreas cancer. The data from POLA will be useful in designing future trials in biomark. No, it's not going to be useful at all. It's just going to be useful in the history books as a lesson in how how horrible people were in the pursuit of money that they were willing to literally run over pancreas cancer patients with such a delinquent trial that doesn't help them. That's the only lesson. It's a history lesson in what not to do. Someday we'll go down in the, in the halls of the worst studies ever. The use of subsequent therapies after discontinuation might have also confounded the OS outcome. That, that's not, again, that's not confounding. The fact that people live in a world where we have many drugs and you introduce a new drug, that means you have to show your new drug improves survival in the existing context. That's not confounding. That's the challenge you face. You don't get to say, well, it was all those other drugs that helped. If I sell an energy drink to a runner who can run a marathon in two hours and 45 minutes, and he runs the marathon in two hours and 45 minutes on water and two hours and 45 minutes on my energy drink. Can I tell him, well, my energy drink made you run the first two miles faster, but it was confounded by all those subsequent miles. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to know how fast you ran the marathon in and you didn't improve it. And the patient doesn't care that you, that you have delayed the time until the next treatment while you were giving them a treatment with toxicity and didn't make them live longer and you withheld a treatment that might've made them live even longer and been more active. What are you talking? This is really ballsy, ballsy to say all this. Partly because of patients with germline pancreas cancer retreated platinum therapy have a better prognosis than a general population of patients with pancreas cancer, high proportion of patients in polar receive subsequent therapy than other randomized control trials. Okay, I mean, it's also because you, you did halt that first line negligently. Don't forget that. Finally, active maintenance elaborate was generally well tolerated and no new safety signals were observed. No new say. Oh, really? Did I think you were going to observe a new safety signal? I don't need to worry about new safety signals. I'm worried about all the real safety signals you've already identified. And here they are. Any grade nausea, 48%. Any grade fatigue, 46%. 20 percentage points more than the control arm. Uh, abdominal pain, uh, 32%. Uh, 
where is that decreased appetite you got uh, you got about you got 27 percentage points and you're about 20 percentage points higher than the control arm for decreased appetite you're it's a toxic drug it's toxic costly what are you talking about delays the time to the next treatment in conclusion although no statistically significant os benefit for active maintenance olaparib compared to placebo was demonstrated benefits Although, although, although we didn't actually achieve the endpoint that people actually care about, benefits from multiple other key secondary endpoints were observed. Active maintenance significantly prolonged TFST, TSST, TDT, whereas PFS2 was extended with the hazard ratio favoring elaborate without reaching statistical significance. But TFST, TSST, and TDT, oh, and PF, even PFS2 is not significant. I think many listeners will be like, oh, what does PFST? And the answer is, if you don't know, you don't need to know because it's not a real relevant endpoint. You could either measure global health-related quality of life. As far as I checked last, you reported there was no improvement in quality of life. There's no improvement in OS. You need to reframe your manuscript. With a generally well-tolerated safety profile, that's a lie. I don't think it is well-tolerated. Active maintenance olaparib, as opposed to passive, confers clinically meaningful benefit. That's a lie. There's no proof of clinically meaningful benefit to patients because you've never improved OS or health-related quality of life, including increased time without chemotherapy and durable response in a subset of patients. You didn't prove a durable response in a subset of patients. You've made that up. And increased time without chemotherapy is pointless because in one arm, you're actually taking a poisonous drug. I mean, it's a toxic drug. Um, so just terrible. Everything about it is literally the worst I've ever seen. It's the worst discussion ever, ever. I mean, perhaps even the worst. We thank the patients who participated in the trial. Medical writing support was provided by blah, 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 and blah, 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 from that company. So it's really terrible. It's really, really terrible. Consulting. Oh, and the, let's look at the conflicts. Consulting role, as consulting or advisory role, AstraZeneca, of course. AstraZeneca. Look at these consult. I mean, come on. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It is bad. It's really bad. I mean, it's one thing to um, to do the trial, which I think is bad. As I've said repeatedly, the standard of care was not to give four months of platinum-based doublet and then put somebody on a sugar pill. That was not the standard of care. When you did that, those people who take sugar pill from when they enrolled to when you measured response had a nearly 10% response rate, which is five times higher than what you expect from sugar pill, which has got to be inertia from prior chemotherapy. And I've talked about that in many videos on my podcast and in that paper in cancer. That means, imagine what would have happened had they gotten active anti-cancer drugs that you didn't deprive them of. Imagine if you had an ethical control arm. Olaparib had a 20% response rate in the original publication. I don't think that arm, if they got more chemo, would have 20%. I think it would probably even be higher than that. These are very select patients. You know, nobody knows what that counterfactual would be, but it is really unethical to do that, to give them, to give them that. It's also wrong to look at this curve and just say the furthest they're ever apart is three three years and there's a, there's a durable survival benefit. The curves are rapidly approaching at 46 and 48 months. It happened to separate. It's just it's just random chance. It's random, it's just noise. If you ran a thousand person in each arm study, they would. I'm sure the curves would just be totally superimposable because you'd have a much bigger sample size. But of course you can't do that because it would be super expensive to demonstrate that it had a three month benefit. Well, it's three month benefit against something that's beneath the standard of care. And against the standard of care, you probably lose. If anyone thinks I should do a superiority trial of the actual standard of care against this, and they'll beat you, I think. And everything in your discussion is all wrong. Who really failed? I would say the JCO failed. The JCO failed because editors have an obligation to clean up a manuscript. Don't let somebody publish something that's just total horseshit press release kind of advertisement. You have to clean it up. You have to have some standards. And if you're not going to have any standards, then, then guess what? 
plenary session is the journal. And you're not the journal, you're the advertisement. I'm the one providing critical commentary. You're not. You're not doing your job. You're not providing peer review. This is the peer review, actually. And passing my litmus test is better than passing your editorial process. Your editorial process has a lot of holes in it. But my editorial process doesn't because I pointed out many of the sentences. I was the one who pointed out the problems in the original study. That's the difference. So, in other words, if you continue to allow them to publish articles like this, you will lose. You will lose your entire purpose in the oncology ecosystem to people like me and other people who are creating really wonderful podcasts and tutorials and commentaries. We're going to take over your job. And then you're going to be, I mean, they, you, you might as well just become an arm of the company. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, and, and that doesn't speak well for academics and it doesn't speak well for the field. It speaks really poorly that you allow them to publish this. And I think as much as I'm critical of New England Journal of Medicine, I think they would have made them clean up a lot of that stuff. You need to get a stats person to say, come on, they don't just get to cherry pick and keep talking about like, you know, when I look up at the cloud, I see, I see a unicorn and a dragon. You don't, you don't get to look at a curve like that. You have to have pre-specified cutoffs, pre-specified statistical plan. And when you don't achieve success, you have to be upfront. The first sentence of the discussion should be the updated analysis of Polo unfortunately failed to find an overall survival benefit in this highly lethal malignancy where we need drugs that improve survival. Instead, it says, in this final OS analysis, a higher proportion of Olaparib, this is the second sentence I mean, the final proportion of Olaparib treated than placebo-treated patients remained alive and in follow-up. And then no statistically difference was seen. However, uh, although, <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. JCO, huge fail. I don't even want to talk about the authors of this study. It's so offensive. It's so offensive. Have some dignity. Dignity. There's something beyond your publication record. It's like dignity. Do you, did, did you want to have dignity in your life? If you, if you, if you didn't want to have dignity, then, then sign on to this paper. But if you want to have dignity, then at least have the dignity to perform a proper analysis and give a proper reporting. All right, those are my thoughts. Polo trial, terrible really bad. Um, I, I couldn't believe it reading. I choked on my choked on my drink. Um, it was really embarrassing to read. We'll be back. Check out Sensible Medicine to learn about Sensible Medicine. Read the book Malignant if you actually care about cancer patients, you actually want to do right for them. I'm harsh on this podcast. It's a podcast really for oncologists so that they can see why we, we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be celebrating some of these marginal drugs. Um, I don't think I'm being unfair though. I mean, every one of those sentences was just total bullshit. I mean, really, it's total spin cycle. And all that medical writer, all that conflict of interest. This is the, really, it's a rot. It's a cancer in cancer. It actually prevents cancer patients from getting better outcomes. That we're allowing the industry to, to metastasize within us in the academy, to metastasize within the journals, to sap us of our strength, to drive us towards drugs that may even be worse. I don't know it to be, but imagine had they run the right control arm. All right. Like, subscribe, comment, leave a message below. If you watch this, if you listen to this on the audio, you might want to check out the video. Until next time.